Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one conclusive page of Talmud each day. And I do mean conclusive because, friends, it gives me no joy, no joy at all to announce that today, Kiddushin 82, is it. That's it. It's the end of this beautiful Masechta, of this beautiful tractate that we spent so many months studying and learning and thinking about. And here as ever to remind us what it is that we've learned and inspire us to continue and think about all these questions is the one and the only, our friend and teacher, Rabbi David Bashevkin. How are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute privilege to be here today. And aside from the fact that we are finishing Tractate Kedushin, we are actually finishing something even more momentous, and that is Seder Nashim. We are concluding the entire order of the Mishnah and Talmud that deals with familial law. We began maybe a year ago studying Tractate Yevamos. Uh, we went through each of the tractates. We covered the laws of divorce. We covered the laws of Kesuba. We covered the laws of a Sota, of a Nazir. And now we are concluding with tractate Kiddushin. And Kiddushin, of course, is one of the two parts of a Jewish wedding. First, you have to get, so to speak, engaged or betrothed. That's what our tractate deals with. And then afterwards, at a Jewish wedding, there is what is formerly known as the Nisuin, which transforms this couple into full husband and wife to one another, full spouses to one another. And if you're looking back on this order, you may notice something that is absolutely bizarre of what is missing. We spent an entire tractate talking about the laws of Kiddushin, the laws of betrothal. How was it done? How was it performed? What are the consequences? We spoke about Kesuba in an earlier tractate. There is one thing that is missing in the entire Talmudic discussion, and it is shocking. And that is, how do you actually get married? Like, wh where's the marriage part? Now, you may all be closing your eyes and say, oh, I know how to get married. You stand underneath the wedding canopy. That's how you do it. But Interestingly enough, the Talmud never really outlines how to do it. We have commentaries that try to figure out what exactly is the final marriage ceremony. Is it standing under a wedding canopy? Is it having a talus draped over the spouse? Is it going into a secluded room, what's known as the yichud room? Uh, is it the badekin ceremony where the husband, where the man takes the veil of the wife and puts it over her head? Which of these things is the actual Jewish wedding ceremony? That actually is not discussed anywhere in the Talmud. And the fact that some Something so large and so important can be totally missing from a Talmudic discussion, I think actually tells us the most important thing you need to know about our tractate. Our tractate is called Tractate Kedushin, which comes from and derives from the word Kedusha, which means holiness. And really at the heart of what holiness is really all about is preparation. Rabbi Soloveitchik, the famed uh, rabbi and one of the great leaders of the Jewish people who's lived in, in the past few centuries, would often say there is no holiness without preparation. The idea of holiness, he would say, according to the halachic worldview, does not signify a transcendent realm completely separated and removed from reality. Holiness, according to the outlook of halacha, Jewish law, denotes the appearance of a mysterious transcendence within the midst of our concrete world. 
the descent of God whom no one can grasp. And the way to create holiness, Rabbi Soloveitchik said, is not to go on to some retreat or to meditate or hoping that the spirituality or some feelings just stirs you and, and, and picks you up and lifts you, go to some mountaintop somewhere. The way to access and build holiness into your life is actually through preparation. It is through the routinized acts of dedicating something, consecrating something, focusing and living deliberately. That is how we have holiness. In fact, the first time the word holiness is mentioned in the Torah, which my favorite rabbi, Reb Tzadok HaKod Lublin, always says, if you want to understand the essence of something, look to the first time that it's mentioned in the Torah. And the first time holiness is mentioned in the Torah is regarding Shabbos. And we know about Shabbos, all of the holiness of Shabbos derives, like the Talmud tells us, whoever prepares before Shabbos eats on Shabbos. Shabbos is an exercise in preparation. The notion of Shabbos itself is that you can't prepare, and we prepare during the week on that hectic Friday beforehand. Holiness means to be set apart, removed, and profane means uncared for, careless, and messy. And very often we associate holiness like the philosopher Rudolf Otto in his book, The Idea of the Holy. He thought holiness was this kind well, – he uses the term numinous, which is a word you one time told me never to use again, Leah. Indeed. I don't know if you – you said never use that word again, and I'm just quoting it because he makes this, this idea of holiness into something that's so inaccessible, so transcendent, like who knows where it comes from. He compares it to the sweeping like a gentle tide pervading the mind with a tranquil mood of deepest worship. But you know what's missing in his entire book, The Idea of the Holy? Preparation. And our tractate, I believe, focuses on the first act of marriage because really that is where holiness derives from. Maimonides writes this explicitly. Holiness derives from the act of preparation itself. The actual marriage, that's the real intimacy between husband and wife. That we can only discuss through analogy, through, through symbolism. But the actual holiness, how do you access it? You prepare it with concrete steps, with mitzvos, with preparing for Shabbos, with making brachos. And yes, the act of kiddushin, the preparation for marriage itself, preparation itself, is the greatest act of holiness because there is no holiness without preparation. If you'll allow me, I, I know we're going a little bit longer than usual, but we're finishing a tractate, and I sometimes feel that when we finish a tractate, it is worth reflecting on the very act of Dafyomi itself. And as I always do, I wrote an essay on tractate Kiddushin that embodies and really discusses a lot of these ideas. But I wanted to end with one general point about kind of Dafyomi itself. You know, Torah study itself is described as an act of Kiddushin, where the verse says, Torah tziva lanu, God commanded us the Torah, Morasha Kihilos Yaakov. Morasha is interpreted as a tradition, but also as Mi'urasa, someone who is betrothed to you. And like the act of Kedushin, the holiness of Torah study emerges from the preparation, carving aside time each day to study Torah. Whether early in the morning or late at night, a set time each day transforms your entire schedule. It's why Rabbi Soloveitchik explains... The Talmud places such a strong emphasis on having a set schedule for your Torah learning. 
Talmud Torah, he writes, is not just the acquisition of knowledge, but a personal meeting of the Jew within the Torah. He continues that at this level, a Jew cannot just walk into a Beit Midrash unannounced and unexpected and study Torah in his leisure time. As long as the Torah is an it, an object, one can vis-a-vis an it at random. Oh, let's get together. When? Who knows? You know, we'll bump into each other. The scientist opens up the door of the laboratory, walks in, and picks up the test tube. If the Torah, however, is a thou, a real relationship, something that you need to confront and nurture, one must arrange a meeting, make a date with her. Otherwise, she will not wait for him. And each day with Dafyomi, we have a date with our Torah. Each day is an act of Kiddushin, setting aside and sanctifying our time for Torah study. Each day, like a lovesick bride, the daf awaits. Ah, Rabbi David Bashevkin, what a beautiful note to end this beautiful, beautiful track day. Thank you so much for being our guest. And without further ado, as we always do, Hadran Allah Maseches Kiddushin Vahadrach Alan, Hadran Allah Seder Nashim Vahadrach Alan. We shall return to you, Tractate Kiddushin, and we hope you return to us. We will return to you, Seder Nashim, and we hope, as always, that you will return to us. Thank you so much. Amen. Selah. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're really going to love the book I wrote. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book, and it's coming out in just a few short weeks. You could pre-order it now at your local bookstores directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is a smile. Once you've pre-ordered the book, take a picture of your receipt, just a snap on your phone would do, and follow the instructions at tabletm.ag slash pre-order. That's tabletm, like Mary, dot ag slash pre-order. Then you will be invited to an exclusive star-studded virtual book launch event and get all sorts of other pleasant surprises. As always, please go and rate and review. Take one on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your take one t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter take one is a tablet studios production the show is hosted by me leah Liebowitz, and is produced and edited by Daronra ruskay quinn waller and ellie blyer our team also includes stephanie butnick josh cross roberts carmucha courtney hazlett and tanya singer for more information go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at take one at tabletmag.com I hope we've made your day a little more Talmudic.